consumers are are actually quite wise. So be genuine. Take back schemes are fantastic. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. I want to start with a little bit of a shout out to uh, Paul Wilson from Opinu, who's a regular listener and he shared a recommendation of the show on LinkedIn recently. Thank you so much, Paul from Opinu for doing that. We are doing a bit of a different thing today in some ways. I've managed to get hold of someone from Oxfam who is a huge, Oxfam are a huge charity shop, thrift shop business here in the UK. They do phenomenal things in the world of pre-loved uh, in terms of how consumers are changing their perceptions, how that's changing retail. They're helping and advising retailers or, or kind of shining a light on how retailers can go about dealing with that pre-love piece and the circular piece. So we are chatting about how things are changing in the fashion world. We're talking about how brands are adapting. So we're not just talking about Oxfam. And there's loads of great advice on how you can do this within your business and loads of great clever tips including a really cool ebay tip right towards the end of the episode too so make sure you listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest top tips and my own take on this episode Would you like to be using an e-commerce platform that's not just delivering everything you want today, but that's creating the ecosystem that will keep your ambitions ahead of the curve? Then you need Shopline, a modern commerce platform built to empower you to achieve more. Want to know more? Head along to e-commerce expo in London, where Shopline are exhibiting for a free demo and to get your questions answered. Find out all about that via our short link ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. See you there. And if you're hearing this after e-commerce expo then don't worry the link will be updated so you can catch up on all the highlights ecmp.info forward slash shopline do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. And now to introduce our special guest. 
Andy Ostcliffe is the Head of E-Commerce and Retail Innovation at Oxfam. Oxfam is the leading UK charity fighting global poverty and the UK's best-loved charity shop chain. With over 575 stores across the UK, a thriving online store that's built on Oracle, plus they also sell on eBay and Etsy. Across the retail channels, they do just under £100 million a year, and about 10% of that happens online. Hello. Andy. Good afternoon. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. Awesome to be chatting with you about such a fascinating retail business, a fascinating e-commerce business and one that does so much good and is also so much at the forefront of where we all need to be going on the sustainability side of things. We could do this for kind of two hours, I reckon, but we'll try and keep it a bit shorter than that. Um, Andy, before we get into all of that, though, how did you end up in the wonderful world of e-commerce? Wow. So... Back in 2000, and eBay was in its infancy, I bought a few items from a very popular uh, uh, store in the UK called Poundland. Everything's a pound. And I had a, I had a little experiment on eBay just to see how much I could sell something for that I bought for a pound. And most of the items sold for four or five pounds, so it's pretty good. And then I sold one for 136 pounds. And I kind of got hooked on online <laughs> so you started off kind of doing poundland arbitrage <laughs> there's margin there margin many a brand would be very happy with there's a lot so how did you turn that into becoming head of e-commerce and retail innovation at oxfam well that was a hobby well it outgrew the house really because then you kind of go out buying lots of different things and you're in that space and your garage gets full and the house gets full and certainly it then becomes an obsession. So you've got to be careful. I was in IT at the time. I worked in the States. Uh, I came back to the UK and I really fancied a career in retail. And I went and joined John Lewis, uh, of all places. Not in online either. Uh, it was around customer delivery, etc. And then got into the world of serious online with quite a large charity and managed to grow their business. They, they're now the world's largest online charity reseller. And now you're here at Oxfam doing phenomenal things. If someone's at the number one spot, I, I, I know how to get there. So watch out. We're going to try and do it. <laughs> I love that fighting talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Let's cover off a couple of things in a bit more detail than I was talking about in the intro about Oxfam and the, the retail side of it. Because we have a lot of, a lot of um, listeners who are overseas who may or may not have heard of Oxfam and certainly probably haven't heard of the, the charity shop side of things. What's the, what, what sort of product are you mainly getting into the charity shops and selling? Is it mainly fashion or is there a big chunk of other things too? It's a huge range. So I'll talk about what our fantastic supporters donators, volunteers, customers, shoppers uh, donate to us. And then we managed to attract a very large corporate following. We work with some of the really big brands in retailing, such as Marks and Spencers, Superdry, and we have lots of associations in terms of uh, uh, large corporate donations of stock. But there's a lot of fashion I think Oxfam is very well known for uh, our charity shops, uh, largely around clothing and accessories. We also have a pretty well-known fact that we've got 120 books and music shops on the high street as well. And uh, those 
generally sell just solely books and music. So our donations are, are varied. We have a postback service, and this gives you a bit of an eye to what's being donated on a on a regular basis. About two and a half to three tons of postal donations come into one particular location on a weekly basis. And there's a good mix in there of 50% books and music, 50% clothing or accessories and the like, really. So it's it's a real mixture of, of, of items. We have rare stamps. We have uh, rare vinyl. We have rare pottery. We had musical instruments from Oasis, uh, the band Oasis. It could be anything. And does all of that get sold via the shops and via online, or is there? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing when a when Oasis go here, have a guitar. You don't put that in Crawley's store. You you know you, that's probably going to end up in an eBay auction or something. But is there? You must have some very skilled people deciding what goes where to be sold. I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Our shop managers, assistant managers, and volunteers. They do this every day. They look at things that are coming across the counter. We, we, uh, they're welcoming the donations from our customers and supporters. They can generally spot something which is quite unique, quite valuable. And in turn, it's our job to uh, turn that into as much revenue or uh, cash as we possibly can. We'll expose that on a marketplace that that. That does just that. So if we want to put a really rare, valuable item in front of millions of potential customers, then it's going on a very large auction site and we'll give it some PR and marketing activity just to give it a little bit of a push. And how do you decide what ends up on your own e-commerce store, the one that sits on the Oxfam website? Is that certain product categories you put on there is that anything that comes into them you know by post rather than comes in via the stores how do you pick and choose what what it's worth taking a photo of and writing a description of absolutely so oxfam online shop's been around since 2006 so we've had lots of time to put together a kind of a scope of what we're looking for and minimum values and of course, what we'll, we'll also do is we take the shops through regular training, regular updates, trends, category information, what customers are looking for. I think how that's developed uh, over the years is that we're now able to take a, a piece of information that we can see on shopper activity or product trend. We're able to communicate that into the network. So, for instance, there will be times of the year where children's clothing, boys and girls between the ages of 6 and 12, their clothing uh, or, or, uh, or the search for pre-loved clothing in that category hits an all-time high. And we can communicate that back to our shops to say, if you have that inventory in stock, if it's been donated, please list it online because that's certainly what customers are looking for. But it, it, it can also be trend information through an event, it could be the World Cup, it could be cricket, rugby, a sporting event, it, it could be a fashion event, it could be the launch of something, it could be a food or cookery programme. We will watch the stats in terms of customer interactions and then go back into that store network and we will say, these are the items that customers are looking for, make sure you list them online. 
So you've, you've got a good comms system going on between stores and, and head office to go, look, this is what people are searching for. If you've got anything, let's get it on the website. Let's get it sold. Absolutely. Very cool. I could talk about the nuts and bolts of this endlessly. The nuts and bolts of how you're, you know, you're, you're improving delivery and everything else to be more sustainable. But I think probably the most interesting thing, the most fascinating thing that Oxfam's retail arm is at the forefront of is how consumer approaches to pre-love to second hand are shifting i i was saying to you before we hit record on this that 18 months ago there were certain things when we started our talking about sustainability on the show that i never thought we'd end up talking about we didn't think we'd do for five years or 10 years so i'm always keeping an eye on how how the sustainability movement is kind of gathering speed and it feels like this year it's moving faster than ever before both in terms of consumers desire for pre-loved and in terms of you know standard normal fashion retailers interest in what happens after the clothing's purchased and I guess my first question on this is is Oxfam pushing this change or are you enjoying the ride of this change are you riding the wave or are you making the wave happen if there's two crests of a wave we're on each one because big retailers now are looking at this and it's gone beyond a kind of a fad a phase It's now, no, 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 consumers are actually doing this now and we're not involved with it really quickly. How do we do do this? How do we we get involved with this? Uh, And I I, I talked about those two big retailers uh, earlier, uh, Marks and Spencer's being uh, predominantly in this particular space. We're pushing it as well. So if you look at uh, in February of this year, we launched London Fashion Show with pre-loved clothing, worn by celebrities on a catwalk that uh, hit 700 pieces of press and media. So, oh, you, you can guarantee that we're pushing this because this is, this is what consumers want. Uh, this is what consumers are shopping for. It's what they're searching for. It's what they want to be involved with. And if it's not shoppers, then it's influencers because they've seen the market for this as well and it's cool and it's trendy and people will follow and people want to buy and they want that experience and when you look at where we are in terms of our economy right now and it's not just the uk economy because you can find this across uh, in the states as well people want to bargain i don't want to pay 150 pounds at 200 for a jacket if it's 40 pounds or if it's 60 dollars and it looks great, and maybe it's one of a kind. I'm not going to get caught out with someone else at that party or that event wearing the same piece of clothing that I'm wearing. And people want to talk about it because it looks unusual. Oh, wow, I love your jacket. Where did you get that from? It's now cool to say I've been thrifting or I went shopping in a charity shop or I bought it on a charity online auction or marketplace. It's actually cool. And I think that is something now that you... If you could bottle that and sell it, it would be phenomenal. But certainly the mainstream retailers are kind of thinking, this is this is really now starting to get some traction. It's quite fascinating to see, first of all, the consumer habits changing and then how that is having that impact on the retailers who are going, oh my God, everyone, there's so much of my product being sold by my customers secondhand elsewhere. How can I get a piece of that pie? How can I make sure they're coming back to me for the new pieces? Or how can I start selling the secondhand pieces or the repair piece and all the rest of it? It's. I'm really fascinated to see which model 
ends up being, not as in supermodel, but as in which model for dealing with the second hand ends up being the winner? Is it going to be sites like Vinted? Is it going to be brands having their own secondhand space? Is it going to be brands having collaborations with charities like, like Oxfam? I think we're still on the learning curve of what's actually going to, going to work in the space. I'm trying to bring this up to a question, but I'm just, just kind of fascinated with the discussion. As a charity, as Oxfam, obviously it's good for the planet that we're pushing the secondhand and the pre-loved space. Is your your reason for pushing it, for being on the stage at the start of London Fashion Week, for being part of the the eBay collaboration with Love Island, is that because it's good to see the consumer habit changing or is it because as the consumer habit changes, they're going to buy more from Oxfam, which is going to enable Oxfam to do more for its good causes around the world? Or is that just too big a question? No, no, it's a perfect question. And Chloe, it's it's actually deeper than the question that you've just asked. So let me try and give you a really good answer. Let's go deeper. (laughs) (laughs) If you look at Oxfam are a campaigning organisation, you will find us at Davos, you'll find us at all the COPs, COP26, COP27, and climate change, uh, sustainability uh, is absolutely key topic uh, for Oxfam when we're talking to uh, suppliers, customers, donators, or if we're campaigning with governments, uh, as an example, it's far deeper. If you look at some of the producer communities who we deal with, uh, so for instance, Oxfam branded coffee uh, that is purchased in Kenya, Brazil, we will actually invest, train sustain communities who are growing that particular crop we will help them in terms of crop rotation so you get more from your land space area than just growing a single crop we will invest in irrigation systems to assist um, uh, with the growing of those uh, crops and then we'll pay a a fair price uh, fair trade in terms of that particular product, and we will go out of our way to advertise that is what we are doing, that is the product that you are purchasing. If you then look across the other end of the spectrum in terms of clothing, we have a relationship with a factory in Mumbai that employs 170 ladies. Those ladies are paid above living wage income. They go out onto the marketplace, they buy used saris, they come back, they make those usaris into waistcoats, clutch bags, sports bags, shopping bags, scrunchies, bunting, etc., etc. It's it's quite a wide range of product. And then we will retail those in our shop stores and online. And to give you some idea of how popular that is, I was a sari. Uh, which is the brand name Shopping Bag, is the number one bestseller in all of the Oxfam retail estate physically. You have some mainstream retailers who are looking at this thinking, hmm, so it's reasonably unique. I know you can only get two waistcoats from a single sari. If it's unique, that means we can sell it, we can uh, we can show the story. It's actually worth quite a lot of money if you can do that, and it sustains that community who are working in Mumbai. So it's a, it's a lot deeper than just customers coming back to Oxfam and buying pre-loved clothing. 
Oxfam's kind of evolved to become a body which is pushing the change, taking advantage of the change through its own retail sales, but also somewhat of a case study, an example for retailers who are trying to work out how they can do that. Because that, the Saris example is kind of a full circularity model. It's not just how do we keep that pre-loved item being worn by people or make some money off the resale of it. It's also how do we turn that pre-loved item into something else in a way that helps people in other countries and, 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 and. Absolutely, absolutely. And if, if you go back, uh, if you go back a few years, Oxfam were actually the founders of the uh, Fair Trade Organisation. It's fitting that we have producer groups and communities, but also a framework of how we deal with fair trade producers, wherever they may be, for that new product set that that, that comes into uh, that comes into our UK retail space. When you look at circularity, because this is this really is important. There will be clothing sometimes which is donated either physically in shop or store or through one of our donation banks, which may have just come to the end of its life. We, we, we can do no more with that shirt or those pair of jeans. They, 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 they've had a life. We're now working with an organisation who can help us turn that item of clothing into a household durable product. And that includes flooring, shop fittings, brick cladding. It could be a house sign or a street sign. It could be a, a, a wheelie bin. It could be a bush shelter. These are ceramic products which are made from recycled clothing. Uh, and we're just about to launch our beehive, uh, which is made from recycled clothing. It's actually a hard ceramic uh, beehive that you can put in your garden greenhouse etc and it will attract bees wow because anyone who's started to look into this recycling clothing is a minefield of complexity um, so that's such such a brilliant use for for it all andy as someone who is looking at how day to day you are looking at how the retail world can evolve how consumer habits can evolve how fashion brands can adapt to this world of pre-loved and circularity and needing to care about where your product ends up in its longer lifetime what advice would you give to a fashion brand who are listening who are trying to work out where to start with all of this how to deal with it um, I'm going to leave this really open so you can go super practical you can go very strategic I because you're the one with the answers here. Uh, what's the advice you give to them? Be genuine. Consumers are, are actually quite wise. Uh, so be genuine. Take back schemes are fantastic. So if you've got a level of traffic that's coming back through your store physically and you set up a donation location and, you, and you're able to offer a coupon, not only are you encouraging your shopper to donate, but you are actually incentivizing them to donate and re-shop again within your physical location. So that's uh, the take-back schemes have been phenomenal in terms of popularity. And consumers love it because consumers win on both ends of the scale by donating something and feeling good, but also uh, getting a money-off coupon or voucher that they can uh, spend again. Uh, in the space where Oxfam operates, we're new to this influencer marketplace. We've been using influencers for maybe two or three years, and very recently with huge success. There are influencers who specialise in just 
pre-loved clothing and uh, they've got uh, hundreds of thousands of followers and some of them have uh, have actually published books celebrity makeovers and shoppers uh, who will come out with you and select ranges and styles but you've got to be very careful in that space as well because if one of those influencers then goes and takes a uh, a, a job or or a, or a media space with a fast fashion outlet that's not genuine. So again, we even need to, we do some research and some background on who wants to get involved with Oxfam, even from an influencer perspective, just to make sure that this is not just a ride uh, for them in terms of uh, publicity or popularity. You've got to mean what you say. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Would you like to be using an e-commerce platform that's not just delivering everything you want today, but that's creating the ecosystem that will keep your ambitions ahead of the curve? Then you need Shopline, a modern commerce platform built to empower you to achieve more. Want to know more? Head along to e-commerce expo in London, where Shopline are exhibiting for a free demo and to get your questions answered. Find out all about that via our short link ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. See you there. And if you're hearing this after e-commerce expo, then don't worry, the link will be updated so you can catch up on all the highlights. ecmp.info forward slash shopline. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Andy, are you ready for the top tips? Go for it. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I think sometimes it's really good to get back to basics. Uh, I wonder if there's still an e-commerce for dummies book. I think there is. Certainly secondhand there is. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not just, why not just, did we miss something? Did we? Let's just go back to the beginning and have another look. Oh yeah, there's, you know, some of the, the business classics definitely deserve a rereading. There's a reason that Dale Carnegie book is still in print. I, I had for the longest time, I've moved house a couple of times since, uh, so John Harvey Jones was uh, the chairman of uh, a company called ICI back in the day. And Sir John Harvey Jones would, he was kind of a troubleshooter. He would 
he would use his expertise to go into different organizations and look for problems and say hey this is how you fix it didn't always get it right but uh, it's very good from a from a business perspective excellent okay cool some good recommendations there the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves Okay, so I'm going to go with item specifics on eBay. And I'm going to share a top tip. Oxfam last year used the eBay platform to sell Christmas cards. Christmas cards for a charity are probably one of the top selling items you will ever put out in a physical location or online. And we experimented with different words so uh, on how the listing was created so we had charity christmas card we then had a separate listing for christmas card and then we had a a third listing which was oxfam christmas card and my colleagues said andy you're mad you've just listed a christmas card three times yeah but no matter how you search for that christmas card we will find you and you will find us because we will hit all the uh, algorithms in the search machine in uh, in the back end of eBay of what you're looking for, and huge success. We sold lots of Christmas cards, <laughs> <laughs> and you left all three running. Yeah, why not? Excellent. Okay, I love I love that. Not a strategy I've heard many talk about, so that's very cool. The tool top tip: maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, we're all working in the in this um, new age of flexible working, so we're all in different locations, and I have to say, just being able to virtually either Zoom or Teams send someone a question really quickly get onto a call together has been fantastic. So whilst a lot of people kind of go, oh, not another Teams call, not another Zoom call, in actual fact, it's just given us the flexibility. And, And what I have to say as well, Chloe, is given the scale and the size of the Oxfam operation, I can be in a shop in Dundee and still get hold of someone at the operation centre almost instantly and and have that conversation. Our operation centre can walk. We've got a hundred thousand square feet uh, logistics centre, which is located in Yorkshire. And if they have got a technical question about something, they can be at the far end of this logistics centre and quickly get on a call, bring in a number of people, and we can be resolved. We can be up and running in minutes rather than having what might have been downtime of hours. I think it's a it's all in how you use Zoom and Teams for calls, isn't it? It's not blocking out your whole day with a series of regular catch-ups. It's going, we've got a problem. Can I get the three people I need together right now to solve it? Yes, no. Um, I can get two of them. Well, let's see if we can do it with the two of them. Rather than going, yes, it's Thursday. So today I have marketing followed by finance. Followed by, you know, it's, it's that not death by Zoom call. It's strategic zoom call i suppose i think equally i think equally we think about this in terms of sustainability and climate as well i would have had to have driven three hours to get to a particular location to maybe spend an hour there is that the best use of my time is that the best use in terms of uh, sustainability that we are that we are practicing maybe not 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um can you do this by email? Can you do this by by phone call? Can you do this by video call? Do you really need to go face to face? Do you know I feel I feel as if Teams and Zoom is not a really cool tool, but I think it's really underestimated. And and let's go back pre twenty nineteen. Who was on a Teams call? Yeah. No one. But but like any tool you have to consider how you're using it. And I think that it's it's not the tool's fault. It's the people who are using its fault when we get when we think they're their old hat. Yeah. Now I, I think that's a totally valid tool top tip. So the carbon top tip. What's your favourite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce business? Electric delivery vehicles. Ooh. And it used to be pipe dreams, but now it's reality. So we are really fortunate that we have a fantastic working relationship with a a delivery company in the UK who have the largest electric vehicle fleet. And on a monthly basis, we get stats on uh, how much uh, we've saved uh, through uh, electric vehicle delivery. On time and in full stats, availability, we're currently achieving something like a 99% uh, on time and in full uh, delivery rate. I think customers quite like it as well because their vehicles do tell you that they're an electric vehicle. And when that parks outside an Oxfam shop, people kind of go, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Are you willing to name them? I can. It's DPD. Yeah, they, they are. I don't think they're shouting enough about the fact they're doing green things. I don't think they're shouting about it enough at all. If we're naming organisations, Chloe, I, I, can't, I, I can't miss out Royal Mail because Royal Mail are equally in that space. And I know they have uh, really big ambitions as well, but certainly DPD, I think, are in front of that race at this moment in time. Yeah, it's such an exciting space that we don't talk about very often on the show, but such an exciting space, what's going on in delivery at the moment. Um, Andy, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can get hold of you and your business on the web and social media? Certainly. If you want to find uh, Oxfam's online shop, uh, simply Google Oxfam online shop and we come back in search. Uh, you can do the same on eBay, uh, Oxfam eBay shop, and you can do the same on Etsy, Etsy Oxfam shop, and you'll find us. Personally, I'm on LinkedIn, and if you've got any questions, drop me a line. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you as a, as a business who are kind of pushing the boundaries for the rest of us are doing and sharing so much great advice and thought-provoking thoughts as well. Andy, it's been great chatting to you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. So a load of advice there about how to take your business to a more sustainable place, about how that pre-loved scenario is just ever growing here in the UK and similar things are happening around the world. Although I think we're a little bit ahead of things in the UK. Who knows why? But loads of great ideas there. And Oxfam definitely one to watch if you are looking for ways to make your own business more sustainable or to take advantage of the pre-loved movement. You can get your hands on the notes from this episode, including those top tips and links to the other things we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our little short links. Think of them like bitlies. They'll take you straight to the correct page of any episode. Just use ECMP, short for ecommerce master plan dot info forward slash episode number to go straight to that episode's page. When you get to the website, do add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the things I share to help you improve your business. And if you liked this episode and want to know a little bit more about some of those 
post-purchase product return in return for uh, store credit type scenarios, then do go and have a listen to episode 435, where I'm talking to Zoe Rosewell, who's ex-Topshop Jimmy Choo and various others, about her retail experiences, her fashion experiences, but also about the new startup she's creating called Turn Eco, who are helping brands big and small to do just that in the fashion space and beyond. So that's episode 435 from earlier this year and you can also hear all our fashion episodes via ecmp.info forward slash fashion you'll find them all there on a page on the website if you want to go and fashion story binge right now thank you for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast i bring you a new interview every week because i want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses including progressing along the path to net zero so if you know someone this show can help please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast i hope you have a great week and don't forget keep optimizing Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store.